Well, we have survived the last international break of 2018, which means what promises to be another exciting weekend of action in La Liga is around the corner. You are listening to La Liga Show. My name is Mitchell Tierney, and it's been quite a season of unexpected results so far in La Liga. Um, there's been a lot of weeks where some unexpected fixtures have delivered and and really become the games of the weekends. But as we head into this weekend, I think it's it's pretty clear what most fans will have circled on their calendar in terms of the marquee matchup of the weekend and that is of course Atletico Madrid against Barcelona a match between two of the top three teams currently in Spain um, and reasonably massive implications uh, going forward in terms of the title race Um, we will preview that match on this week's edition of the show and to help me do that I brought on Jeremy Barron who's one of the main men in charge of Into the Calderon uh, which is SB Nation's Atletico Madrid website Jeremy thanks for taking the time Mitchell, uh, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, well, um, this is uh, this is a match that certainly hasn't been the most kind to Atletico in, in recent years. This has kind of been uh, definitely one of the tougher ones for them. I mean, obviously for most teams in the league, anytime you see Barcelona on the schedule, it's, it's going to be a difficult day out. But Atletico is one of those clubs that really has ambition and wants to be near the top of the table. So they'll, they'll kind of take these losses a, a little harder than... Um, you know they they uh, some of the other clubs will, and of course they've they've never beaten Barcelona under Diego Simeone, of course in La Liga. Um, they they've done it in Europe, but um, nonetheless, uh, you know. The, but like I said off the top, kind of this is been a bit of a different La Liga season. Um, some of these clubs have have struggled in ways you weren't expecting. It's been a bit chaotic. So, um, what are you thinking going into uh, a, a pretty massive match? Well, you are right about how kind of topsy-turvy La Liga has been this year. It, it's the craziest uh, La Liga season I can I can remember, um, at least in the last like 15 years. Just all the results and the, the surprise teams that we've seen. You know, a team like Alaves is in the top five, Espanyol in the top five, uh, for example. Real Madrid not even uh, in the top three, mm-hmm. and they you know they're on their second coach. But sticking with with, with this game in particular, Atletico and Barcelona. Uh, yeah, it, it's very strange how Atletico have not won this fixture in La Liga under under Simeone. Uh, of course, uh, Atletico had the two Champions League scalps to their name, but the last time Atleti won this fixture at home against Barca was February of 2010. So we're looking at eight and a half years without a home win against Barca. There have been several close calls the last few seasons. Atleti, Atleti aren't getting pounded by Barca in any of these games. These are all very tight one-goal games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time that this fixture w- was decided uh, by more than one goal, uh, just looking back on it now, I think the last time it was decided by more than one goal was in 2009. Wow. So <laughs> th- this is, these are very tight games. They're usually 1-1 or 2-1. Uh, Atleti just always seems to come out uh, with the short end of the stick. So at home where Atleti are very strong that this could be different and with Barca kind of wobbling a little bit this could be a great chance for Atletico to make a statement yeah you mentioned that the game is at the Wanda of course and and how important that's been for Atletico Madrid this season especially recently you know the the big win over Dortmund um, kind of 
you know, certainly getting a bit of a measure of revenge, at least for for what occurred in the away the away leg of that um, that group stage fixture, and, and of course the the recent win over Bilbao. Uh, how important has has the home results been this season? Obviously, because there have been uh, a bit of struggles on the road, but certainly any time Atleti has played at the Wanda this year, they've they've looked like uh, kind of the side we expected them to be going into the season. Yeah, the uh, worries away from home, that that is a separate issue, but uh, there are concerns. That being said, Atleti's home form has been outstanding. Uh, This is their second year at the Wanda Metropolitano after the previous 50 years at the Vicente Calderon. And the first, you know, the first year, Atleti lost only once in La Liga at home. This year, uh, through uh, six home matches, five wins, one draw, and those have all been, other than I think the very first game against Rio Vallecano in August, these have all been very, very good performances. They've also won two in the Champions League. So, on aggregate this season, their home record is seven wins and one draw. And the one draw was a game against Abar, which they should have won by about about five goals, and they ended mm-hmm. up drawing. So the, the home field advantage, as it were, has been really, really important for Atletico. They uh, have played very, very well in front of their fans. The fans have started to embrace the stadium, and that's a thing that Simeone talks about a lot is embracing this new stadium and this new chapter in the club's history. Uh, the fans have really taken to it. The players seem to love it. It's just this beautiful stadium in the, in the northern part of Madrid. And Atleti are playing really well there. So it, it's been very, very important. Uh, Barca have been good away from home this season, uh, but they do have only one win from their last three. And Atletico have won four on the bounce in La Liga at home. Yeah, you mentioned them. Atletico certainly coming in in the better form at this point. And just how big was that win uh, over Bilbao before the before the transfer or before the uh, international window? Because obviously it was a crazy game. Diego Godin limping around uh, to score that late goal. Um, in just an incredible heroic fashion, kind of saying that 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 kind of relit their their hopes for for winning this title and and kind of hoping to to turn things around after a bit of a rough stretch for them and a couple of of draws that they certainly wouldn't have uh, uh, liked to have won. So how you know how, what's the confidence like you think in this team right now as they head into this big game? Because uh, obviously, um, as as I've said, they're 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 definitely the the better form of the two teams. Yeah, and not only was it a, a Godin winner, it was Godin with a pulled hamstring for about half an hour, just playing <laughs> up as a forward because he couldn't he couldn't move. So Simeone just stuck him up top, and he ended up scoring the winner. Uh, Godin, by the way, is out for this game. We probably won't see him for about three more weeks uh, with that hamstring injury, but he made it worthwhile. He scored the winning goal against Athletic. That was just a crazy, crazy game. I did not expect Atletico to actually win it. Uh, but they did they did play very well the last 15 20 minutes and and they ended up getting the three points i think the confidence level uh is going to be pretty high i mean this is one of the biggest games uh, in, in, as far as la liga is concerned this is probably atletico's biggest la liga game uh in probably two or three seasons honestly and they haven't gotten that signature result against a big team uh domestically they haven't gotten a result like like this uh, should they win this match, they haven't gotten one like that about three years, 2015-16, when they nearly won the league. So th- this is a huge game, and I think Atleti will, will fancy their chances. They did have a ton of injuries before the break. Uh, they've had a few guys come back, so that will that will certainly help things to have key players like Koke coming back in, Diego Costa's coming back in. 
Lucas Hernandez is coming back in. All those guys uh, should be starting this match. Uh, granted, Godin is still out, but a lot of guys healthy, and yeah, they'll, they'll feel good about their chances. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Godin being out. Who, who on top of that is is expected to be out for this match? Because um, I think certainly with the names you mentioned uh, going into this match, there was some concern that uh, there would be a good amount of athletic players out for this game. But it seems like the the international break came at a great time for them in terms of healing for that. But um, on top of Godin, who can we expect to to be out for this match and obviously Godin's going to have a massive impact uh, not being in there um what's what's kind of the full impact of this this injury situation right now for Atletico yeah not having Godin in there it is it's not great <laughs> he's <laughs> the captain the leader is still one of the elite center backs on the continent so anytime you have him out of the lineup it, it, it's a blow uh Jose uh, another Uruguayan is also going to be out with another muscle pull. Uh, he has these every few weeks or so. It's very frustrating because mm. he's an incredibly talented center back. So the Uruguayans are going to be out. Juan Fran is also out, uh, the veteran right back. Uh, he just came down with an injury uh, today, Thursday. So uh, barring anything else, but you never know, but barring mm-hmm. anything else, it's like it's just going to be those three. Atleti will be thin in defense, but they'll have uh, their whole midfield back. Uh, they'll have Diego Costa back up top to partner Griezmann. And even though Costa has been very good this year, he does make, make Griezmann better. But uh, not having Godin in there will be it'll, – it'll be interesting to see how Atleti's back line responds to that because they're going to be pretty thin back there. On that injury front as well, I've heard uh, at least some talk about uh, s- some issues with the field at the Wanda. I know um, they replaced yep. uh, the field from from my understanding over this this international break. Uh, is that expected to kind of resolve some of these issues? Because uh, I, I know I've heard a lot of kind of griping about the field and and how much that's played into uh, how many injuries that Atleti have suffered this season. Yeah, that that's right. The field has been in pretty terrible shape really <laughs> since the beginning of the season. Uh, and part of it is because Atletico have, have kind of loaned it out to uh, a Segunda club, uh, Rayo Mahara Honda. Uh, their, their stadium is getting renovated and won't be ready for another six weeks or so. So they've been playing their home games at, at the Wanda as well. Uh, and there have been just a lot of events in general, a lot of publicity, uh, kind of PR uh, things going on at the stadium because Atletico are trying to promote the hell out of it. Uh, and they are promoting it, but it's coming at a price. So they've relayed the pitch over the break. And there's hope, fingers crossed, that it will reduce uh, some of the muscular injuries that we've seen. Because at, at its worst a couple weeks ago, Atleti had half a dozen players out with muscular injuries. And there was a lot of frustration in the dressing room just kind of directed uh, at the state of the pitch. Uh, e- even at the lead trainer, uh, uh, El Profe, uh, uh, Oscar Or- uh, Ortega, there was a lot of frustration being directed in a bunch of different ways. And the pitch was just in really bad shape. So hopefully getting it uh, relayed over the break will will solve these issues. Uh, we'll see. There's also a chance that it does take uh, a week or two to kind of kind of catch on because it is fresh grass. So we will we will see. But yeah, that that is a thing that that has happened. Yeah, certainly uh, something that caught my eye because uh, I, I do cover Toronto FC and they've had all sorts of issues this past season with with the other kind of football and they have a they have a Canadian football team playing on their on their surface as well and it got all ripped up and uh, there were a lot of injuries resulting from that as well so it's crazy to see that you know that's something that happens in La Liga as well but obviously with these kind of multi-purpose and, and, and massive stadiums now teams are are looking to maximize revenue and there's always a 
a bit of a balance in terms of what they can do on the fields and, and keeping their players in mind. So it's good to hear that Atleti at least seem to have hopefully put those issues behind them. Although, again, as you said, we'll see the, <laughs> these grass issues always you know, it takes a while to figure out whether or not they've they've been fully resolved. But um, in terms of kind of more bad news uh, on the injury front for Atletico Madrid, on the opposite side of things, it seems like Lionel Messi uh, has fully taken this international break to heal his shoulder. He, you know, we weren't fully sure when he was going to come back and whether uh, he was going to be available for this match. Most of the most of the indications were that he would. Um, throughout this process but you never knew but it does seem like he's going to be back and obviously he's a player that's been uh, caused all sorts of issues he's been very central to the fact that you know Atleti have it's been so long since they've beaten Barcelona something like 28 goals and 36 matches for him against Atletico so he's one of <laughs> one of the uh, favorite or that's one of his favorite victims is Atletico uh, I know it's it's hard to kind of uh, you know, explain greatness, but is there something in particular that that you know to do with Atleti's style or or Messi's style that kind of makes him such an effective player against you know a, a team that regularly uh, is pretty good at stifling some of the best players in Europe? I don't really know what Atletico did to make Messi so angry, but he does <laughs> so many. It, it's felt like I think he's got like twenty three or twenty four all time against Atletico. Uh, it's felt like 123 or 124. Uh, he just really, really likes playing Atletico. And la- last season uh, at Camp Now, the second match Atleti played against Barca, he scored just this wonderful free kick. Uh, that was like that stretch of the season where he only was scoring free kicks, and it was the only goal of the game. Uh, there isn't. I don't think there's really any one thing in particular that makes him just see red and just go off against Atleti. Uh, he does it really any way possible I, I think one thing that may play to his advantage is that there are times especially against bigger teams when Atletico do like to kind of burrow Atletico do like to sit back and toward the end end of a game have as many as nine ten guys in the box even uh, just kind of all out trying to get a result and that can play to Messi's advantage because Barcelona have so many talented passers and so many talented playmakers it can be a little easier for him to get on the end of a, a build-up Get in, get on the end of some of those passes, and kind of bury a, a huge goal. Uh, it, it does make it easier, but other than that, there isn't really anything that stands out. He's just a, a legendary player, and that's kind of what the legendary players do. They just pick out an opponent and they just destroy them, and that's kind of what Messi has done to Atleti. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, on the Barcelona side as well, um, there's been a lot of defensive kind of issues for them recently this season. Uh, obviously, before the break, that 4-3 loss to Real Betis that, um, you know, obviously they leaked four goals. They, they've Of the top eight sides, I think, uh, they've conceded the, the most goals. So uh, it hasn't been great. I think only five teams actually have conceded more than them this season, um, which is not what you would expect from, from a top side and you know a side that has Champions League aspirations and obviously um, was the was the heavy favorite or, or at least a, a major favorite to win La Liga this season um, you know how can Atleti kind of exploit that because it certainly seems like a, a Barcelona back line that you can get at uh, especially on the counter-attack this season yeah it's it's very strange because uh, I think very you can simplify this this game as La Liga's best defense against La Liga's best offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barca's defense has been at times tragic this season. It's been very strange. I think a part of it is because Samuel Umtiti has been out for so long 
with an injury, but it looks like he is going to play Saturday. That could really, really help them. Um, yeah, Atletico, uh, assuming he he is – well, maybe not assuming, but let's say Umtiti is not fully fit. Let's say he starts, but he's a little slow to kind of get back into, into a rhythm. Uh, Atletico just – they need to go at Barca. They don't need to have, you know, 50-60% possession, but 35-40 will do. Atletico do need to be a, a more aggressive than they are usually in these kinds of big games. Uh, they need to unsettle um, Barca because their back line has been a, a bit fragile this season. Gerard Pique has had a pretty poor start to the season. Uh, there is there is still a sense that they don't really know what they're doing at right back. Uh yeah, just overall defensively, it, it's been a struggle. And if Atletico are aggressive, and if Atletico go at Barcelona, especially in the first half, um, and grab that early goal, it could really play to their advantage. You mentioned the the kind of early goals and um, aggressive play. What are some of the the keys to this match for Atleti to um, you know pick up what would be obviously a massive three points in the La Liga table? Uh, Getting Diego Costa back to his best, I think, would be number one for me. It, it is amazing that he still does not have a goal in La Liga this huh. season. A guy of that quality and that pedigree just does not have a goal yet. Uh, there have been a, a few kind of whispers thrown around that he's not totally content, uh, especially in the wake of Griezmann getting a huge new contract. There's been some chatter that he's not totally happy. He's had dealt with a couple injuries already this season, but Atletico do need him back. Uh, they need the old Costa back, the guy that helped them win the league a few years ago. Uh, that's a key, is to have Costa just back to kind of his frothy, beastly best. That's, that would be a key. Uh, second, they need to rely on Rodri, uh, that their midfield pearl, the next, Sergio Busquets. This is a game where Rodri can really open a lot of eyes, um, not just in Spain, but around Europe. Uh, going head-to-head with the guy that he has idolized, with the guy that he's compared to, uh, possibly a a huge, huge game for Rodri. And and Rodri has become really important to Atletico. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about Atleti need to be more aggressive. Atleti cannot be afraid to have the ball. Uh, Rodri is a guy who can control a game so easily. Just simple passes kind of keep things ticking. And Rodri needs to get the ball a little bit. If you tell me he gets 80, 90 touches then I would say Atleti will have done a pretty good job of attacking. So those are two keys um, right off the bat. And third, I'd say they just have to sort out their defense and who who on earth is going to play back there. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Lucas Hernandez and Stefan Savage in central defense. Uh, Felipe Luis and Santiago Arias are probably going to make up the, the fullback positions. Uh, just Cholo Simeone has got to sort out who's going to play back there and uh, I don't think that quartet has played together yet this season, so it could be could be interesting times, especially if Barca do start to probe and if some space opens up, even if it's tiny, space opens up for Messi or Suarez. You mentioned Costa a little bit. Um, do, do you even think we see him back at this point? Because there's been times this season where I've watched him and just felt like you know this level is almost past him at this point. It's been such a bizarre, you know, it just it just seems like a lot of a lot of the abilities that he's had in the past and and a lot of the you know a lot of what's made him such a dominant player just seems to have all of a sudden vanished and it's it's just so bizarre like you see it sometimes but not usually with players like him it's usually with players who 
you know, all of a sudden their speed disappears or something like that. This has been just a, you know, a puzzling thing for a player who, um, you know, at one time was was one of the top, or at least in that conversation for top forwards in, in Europe. It's really strange what's gone on for him this season. He started out with a bang in the Super Cup, scoring two goals there and forcing extra time in that game, which Atleti eventually won. But putting kind of the sentiment of bringing him back aside, this is a guy Atletico spent 66 million euros on, and Mm -hmm. he has given them zero goals this season. (laughs) That would appear to be a bad investment. He's got only one assist in 720 league minutes. That's obviously not at all good enough. like like I said, it, it's a it's a strange situation, and I think it's it's more complex than he's he's lost something. I, I I think it is a little a little clear that he has lost something. But whether that's due to his attitude, whether that's due to injuries, whether that's due to uh, personal um, personal problems. I mean, he did um, he did just become a father for the second time, so mm-hmm. uh, he does have that to distract him uh, personally, but. It, it, I think it's a combination of things that have all kind of played out, and Costa just—he's really not been at his best, and Aleti do need him to be at his best. I don't think he's finished, but I was very optimistic earlier in the season that this was just a blip, that he was going to be fine. It's pretty clear now that this is not a blip, that maybe he he won't be fine. Uh, but there's still a long long ways to go in this season, and Costa does does kind of live for these big occasions. So we'll we'll see if we get a different uh, Diego this weekend. It's interesting. It seems like everyone else who has a kid in La Liga scores a hat trick the next game, but I guess, uh, I guess that hasn't happened for Costa yet. Um, on top of this game, you know, this is a pretty important stretch for for Atletico. Um, between now and, and January sixth, they'll play five of the top eight teams in the league. Um, obviously, that's as we speak currently. The the La Liga table has gone crazy all season so um, but nonetheless teams like Sevilla, Alaves and Espanyol who have shown themselves to be very tricky customers and and obviously Barcelona on top of that um, how important is this stretch to kind of figure out you know what or and what will you be kind of looking for in terms of you know uh, what this Atletico team is this year because you know they're they're gonna get be tested a lot over this next little stretch you would think yeah, that's no lie. This is a big stretch for them. I mean, they have four of the next five at home. That takes Atleti to uh, December 11th when they have their last Champions League group game. Uh, so you have Barcelona this weekend, Monaco in the Champions League midweek. That, considering where Monaco are as an institution right now, you got to think that's a win. <laughs> and Atleti will clinch a, a place in the knockouts. Um, yeah, I mean, Alaves in, in December is one I've got my eye on for sure because we're – we're going to know, I think, by that point or shortly after that point, how truly for real this Alaves team is. They've gotten off to such a great start, but it's come with a lot of late goals, a lot of comebacks, and we'll see just how sustainable that is. Uh, Sevilla on January 6th obviously caps this stretch and is at Sevilla, and that is, that's a tough place to go and win, to win a game. Um, and even before then, just before the, the uh, Christmas break, Atleti have Espanol, and Espanol have been really good this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, like their underlying numbers, like expected goals, expected uh, assists, their numbers have, have really backed up their play. They've been legitimately good. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a, a tough stretch for Atleti, but it, it's a very big stretch. And there are winnable games here. Um, there definitely are winnable games uh, if Atleti uh, stick to the game plan, their philosophy, uh, just execution. These are winnable games here. Uh, and like I said, four of the next five, including Saturday's game, are at home. Um, 
and it's across three competitions too, the Champions League and the Copa del Rey. Uh, and it would be disappointing if Atleti dropped points in, in really any of these games. Um, before I get you out of here, I, I want to get your thoughts kind of as we come out of this international break on the UEFA Nations League and uh, kind of the initial group stages we've seen. Uh, this for me is kind of the the important stage. I know there's obviously uh, we're heading into the knockout stages next year, but I, I think that's kind of the, the gravy on top of this. And, and what will really end up mattering is is mostly the relegation battles. Um, we saw the Spanish national team, obviously. They they didn't win and they didn't get onto this uh, past or the or into the top four after uh, a late loss against Croatia, but they're, they're not going down. But we've seen some some big national teams uh, that will be headed to the B division uh, for next season. So, what do you make of of kind of this new uh, format to uh, at least try and add some more excitement to um, what's what's been kind of you know kind of dead international windows uh, in terms of when there's not major competitions over the last little bit. I've enjoyed it. I really liked the format. Uh, when it was first announced, it was kind of confusing. But, uh, you know, you read more about it and you see how it plays out. I think it's a great idea. And I know there have been uh, some who have said it's not a great idea. You know, it's too complicated, all that. But just the, the amount of meaningless friendlies that there were and just the lack of any competition whatsoever when the World Cup qualifiers aren't going on, when the Euro qualifiers aren't going on, um, in, in the past, it, it's just been brutal to watch international football. This at least gives it some meaning. This at least gives it uh, an, an extra bit of flair, an extra bit of, of, of punch to it. And I, I think it's a great idea and kind of fosters that competition. And it, it, it gives the smaller countries especially, it gives them a chance. Um, as far as Spain goes, yeah, it, it was disappointing to see what happened against Croatia uh, really back and forth game. And it was extra disappointing considering Spain beat them 6 nothing. you know. Mm-hmm two months ago um so yeah you have that result against croatia and the result you know last month against england as well also pretty disappointing uh but this is a, a new spain under luis enrique this is a spain that never really recovered from lopetegui's dismissal on the eve of the world cup and they've been trying to find their way ever since so they're not starting back from from square one but they are starting from a much lower place, uh, a much lower level on the totem pole than they were earlier. So I'm not too worried about Spain. I think you give Luis Enrique another few months and he's going to build a really, really good team because he's a really good coach. But the Nations League has been a lot of fun and it's given you results like the ones Spain have been dealt, uh, like the ones Germany have been dealt. Uh, Germany getting relegated is just insane, (laughs) as if it could get any worse for them. Uh, it's, It's been really fun to watch and pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, definitely agree. Um, thanks for hopping on, though. And uh, what can people expect uh, on the site over the next uh, couple of days leading up to this uh, big match? Yeah, we're going to have a couple things up on the site, uh, into the Calderon.com. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to have all the post game coverage you can handle on Saturday. Uh, fresh podcast as well on Sunday or Monday. I host uh, Colt Chanero Chat on Into the Calderon. It is uh, the best English language Atletico podcast, but I'm biased. Uh, we've been doing it for uh, this is our third season doing it now and it's a lot of fun we have a good time so Colt Chanero chat that is on Into the Calderon uh, give us a listen if you can and yeah you can find my work on Into the Calderon and I'm on Twitter at uh, JB Barron great check all that stuff out everyone and thanks for listening we of course will have plenty to recap from this weekend's match day uh, but until then have a great weekend everyone <laughs>